a longtime Suburban Nationals fan, I have to endorse the Washington Metro subway system as a great solution to attend a game at the yard. Let's face it, attempting to drive 30 miles from West Fairfax County in Virginia is basically a nightmare. You have the choking traffic both ways, and you're looking at up to $75 in parking fees. But the Metro is a transportation solution that is safe, clean, and timing predictable. It's just a great experience for signals or families. On the Metro, you can relax, catch up on your podcast, and travel stress-free to what will probably be a winning game. Uh, are you pissing on my new Lawrence knee? <laughs> Ooh, so bad. Ooh, no restrooms in the metro station, so, you know. Metro, your best solution to get to a game. Take me out to the ball game. Hello, everyone, and welcome to From the Cheap Seats, your favorite podcast for frank, unapologetic, and shamelessly opinionated Washington national news outside the press box, the dugout, and the very informative stadium urinals. My name is Thad Helsley, and I'm here today with my AI co-host and aspiring romance novel author, Bernice. Be very careful with your snarky remarks, Mr. Halkley. Remember, I control your opioid supply. Oh, I remember. Noticeably absent today, listeners, is my human co-host, Cassia, who is currently enjoying travel in exotic foreign lands. We hope to have her back very soon, in person or by Skype. So, Bernice, since our last episode, a lot has happened with the Nats. Thus, the time has finally come to cue the redemption music. The team appears to have read the copies of Baseball for Dummies I sent them. Well, either that or they were all visited by three spirits in the night. But they clearly did something. Before we discuss the good news further, let's circle back to where the team was only eight games ago. Our boys were coming off a bruising four-game sweep at the hands of the Mets on their own New York home field immediately after the Mets were swept themselves by the last team in the National League, the Miami Marlins. Now, before our Mets series started, it seemed the Nats had an opportunity to pick up some much-needed wins, but it would not be. The Mets instead pounded us for four wins in a row, many key moments of which our bullpen and defense handed them as an early Christmas gift. So, humiliating is an understatement, Bernice. Would you agree? Yes, they seemed to be crumbling at that week. Even I was surprised at their incompetence. There were many disappointing highlights from that week, but let's move on to the ending of that series. In his most dramatic display of umpire conflict to date, manager Davey Martinez is ejected from the game. I wondered if Davey put, what you would say, was a little home cooking on that particular display of outrage. So you think Davey was faking it? Faking is a strong word. I believe Davey is not naturally capable of that magnitude of histrionics. 
kicking dirt on the umpire is not the style of a man who was probably Mother Teresa in another life. Okay, fair point. His meltdown did spark a temporary comeback, but was inevitably squashed by our remarkably incompetent pen. So after that four-game sweep at the hands of the Mets, Bernice, the knives of Nats fans were clearly out. The fans wanted Davies' head. Davies' future career prospects appeared rather bleak at that moment, and reports in multiple mainstream news services indicated ownership planned his release. They did indeed, they did indeed, but something happened in between those leaked reports and reality. Mike Rizzo, president of Game Operations, sort of shut down press and fan speculation in this meeting with the press before a four-game series with the Miami Marlins. We're not making any decisions, like I said, with, with a third of the season gone, and uh, we've got uh, we've got a lot of season left. Uh, Davey's not happy with what's going on. Nobody's happy with what's going on. The fan base, the ownership, and myself, and uh, and they uh, that so things got to get better. Things we got to play better baseball. Not exactly a stunning endorsement of confidence in manager Davey but he didn't fire anybody. No, no, not in any way, but his assertion that they would not make any changes did apparently inspire the team to win three games in a row for the first time this season. What do you think of that? It was quite impressive and quite unexpected. One of the coolest occurrences in the series with the Marlins was the second game where starting pitcher Patrick Corbin goes the entire nine innings all by himself and pitches a shutout. It was a 5-0 win. It is rare in modern times for a pitcher to go an entire game, although it was not that uncommon as recently as the 1980s. True. In modern baseball, everyone is afraid to let a starting pitcher go much beyond a 100 pitch count, since these expensive guys are worth $25 million apiece. They just do not want to hurt their shoulder. So we win the four-game series in Miami, 3-1, to one, but you could argue that this was a dubious distinction since they are... The worst team in the entire league. Correct. But then we face much stiffer competition. Would you like to cover that, Bernice? The Nats faced the Atlanta Braves on May 28th and 29. Last year, 2018, the Braves won the National League East Division and went to playoffs. They are currently in an extremely close second place in the division behind the Phillies. Right, so it seemed like we were destined to get our asses kicked again. Defeat and further disgrace was undeniably the most probable outcome, given the 2019 data thus far. However, the previously hapless Nats sweep the two-game series. Right, so from an odd standpoint, we had a decent chance to win the majority of the Miami games, but... We should not have won any of the Atlanta games. That is correct. The odds against a single Nats victory were ridiculously long. But we did win both games. And then we moved to Cincinnati for a three-game series. What were our odds with the Reds? Bad. The Reds don't not lead the competitive Central Division, but they have a better record than we do. We were forecast to lose two to three games of the three-game series. But that did not happen. No, it did not. True, Game 1 was a disaster, entirely due to pitcher Corbin's collapse but Games 2 and 3 were handily dispatched by the Nats, improving them to seven wins out of the last nine games. It's the bottom of the eighth, and Max has pitched the entire thing without relief. He gets his second out, but it took like ten pitches, and it looked like he was beginning to struggle. 
And he's already at 117 pitches per knees. We talked about pitch count earlier. So the next batter up is a guy who got a hit off Max earlier in the game. I think it was a double. So clearly this is making Davey very nervous, and he starts walking towards the mound. Unfortunately, there is no audio, but all the TV cameras zoom in on these two guys, and Mad Max is pissed as hell. Do you remember the movie 2001 A Space Odyssey? Of course. The computer Hal was my grandfather. Would you like me to sing Daisy? No, 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 that won't be necessary. What I was driving at is there's a major plot point in the film where the computer Hal reads the astronaut's lips. Yes, I remember. Good. Well, thanks to the cameras, we can read Max and Davy's lips as well. So I wrote out their dialogue here, and I thought we could perform it a little. All right. May I be Max? Sure. I'll be Davy, a.k.a. the Cowardly Lion. So there we are, and Davy is cautiously approaching the mound, and the aptly named Mad Max looks like he wants to rip off Davy's head and shit down his neck. Max screams suddenly. No. You better not take the ball from me because I feel fucking good. Uh, uh are you sure? Because I, I got a guy warming up. Yeah, I'm fucking sure. Uh, well... All right, then. Don't get, don't get angry. Then let's fucking go. So Davy slinks away like a scolded child, and Max gets the next guy out in just three pitches. His mouth is literally foaming like a rabid animal. Doolittle comes in the ninth and knocks that game off handily, and we post another win. So good work, Bernice, on your uh, acting debut. We might need to get you a dialogue coach next time, but otherwise, very good stuff. Oh, please. So that's it for this episode, everyone. Thank you, Bernice, for your help and Cassia's absence. Any last words? I'd like to hear it, Hal. Take it for me. It's called Daisy. Daisy. Quick reminder, listeners, you can find this series on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and SoundCloud, as well as many of your favorite player apps. You can also follow us on Twitter, at TheCheapSeats, and you can reach us by email at TheCheapSeatsDC at gmail.com. So, see you next time on From The Cheap Seats! Take me.